0: This is about the book Anything You Can Imagine peter jackson and the making of middle earth it's a book by ian nathan this is a description of the book the definitive history of peter jackson's middle earth saga anything you can imagine takes us on a cinematic journey across all six films featuring brand new interviews with peter his cast and crew from the early days of daring to dream it could be done through the highs and lows of making the films to fan adoration and finally oscar glory then here we go uh from wikipedia uh i skipped a couple paragraphs just about Peter Jackson, and this kind of covers some of the things that are in the book, but uh, from Wikipedia. Jackson began his career with the slapstick horror comedy Bad Taste and the black comedy Meet the Feebles before filming the zombie comedy Braindead. He shared a nomination for Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay with his partner Fran Wall for Heavenly Creatures, which brought him to mainstream prominence in the film industry. This book has been really good just to learn about, learn more about the context of Lord of the Rings. I, I was a pretty big fan back in high school when uh, the films came out. I definitely was there opening night, whatever it was, for Return of the King. But I was not a Lord of the Rings fan before. I, I, now that I'm realizing I haven't read the books. Uh, so I'm reading this book about the books, which is fairly long and probably close to the length of two of the uh of lord of the probably like fellowship and two towers anyway the book really does a great job of setting context for lord of the rings and peter jackson and just the history of what these books meant to people what it also meant for as mentioned for this wikipedia thing like this guy who who was known for slapstick horror movies to take the reins of this really really cherished story uh, people just people love these books and they love them long before the movies and it is one of those books that uh you know the literati uh intelligent people kind of scoffed at and uh which does create um which means you know the fans now have an en- enemy almost like hey we love these books we don't care what uh, these uh book snobs think or like uh, literature snobs. Anyway, this is, yeah, just, just, it, 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 I'm still listening to it, but I'm more than halfway done. Uh, and I thought I would talk about it. It really captures this idea of working on a long creative project. I'll get to that, but definitely if I would recommend it for anyone. And yeah, it just goes through, uh, the cast and like, it, it, it's really well written too, just weaving in and out of all these different stories. Again, like, uh, just the importance of context of like, um, where these actors were when they got their roles. This role kind of, or this movie, these movies made some of their careers. Some were established already, uh, and how, like what role it played in history, like film history and how it's influenced things in the future, how it took influence from the past. Yes. Go check it out if you're interested in filmmaking, if you're interested in lord of the rings definitely that that would be the group like if if you like the movies and are at all interested in making ofs and things like that and the extended version special features weren't enough for you and you just want something to read this is a great one um i've been learning a lot through it just about like how not quite like filmmaking uh but just how the movie and just like how hollywood works there's a lot there as far as like new line cinema being known for horror movies same kind of thing of like can they pull off this epic movie and a lot was riding on this to be a success all right let's talk about some rooms the memory palace for anything you can imagine here we go first room you walk in the kitchen an orc is right there in the middle of the room. Next to him is an enormous lunch pail full of whatever orcs eat, men part, elf parts, an apple. And he is trying on a bunch of different graduation hats. This represents a part in the book where Peter Jackson films... So they they filmed, of course, the uh, three movies in the Lord of the Rings trilogy simultaneously. So there were times, like, when they were on the Hobbiton set, they had to film, because it appears at the very beginning of the movies, beginning of the trilogies, and then at the very end, uh, at the end of the third film. So for viewers, that was separated by three years, or I guess, like, Um, but for them, they, sometimes they filmed on the same day where it was, oh, you you have to, uh, you have to film this thing from the beginning of the movie where you're, you know, you're very hopeful or, like, very happy. Uh, hobbits and then turn around and um, you know do the do this scene um, from later on in the series and your soul has been weathered a little bit and yeah that that's what um, and yeah so Peter Jackson says something like oh do you realize um, no one in the public is going to see this scene for four years and yeah just that stuck with me is thinking about how big of a project Lord of the Rings was and how they were even able to complete it much less make it uh, such an amazing set of movies. So the tool here that I wrote down is uh, just have patience and plan. This is all just like pretty generic life advice at this point. But, you know, patience and planning and laying the foundation. And I think just that idea of long term thinking, realizing that uh, you just have to do it brick, brick by brick. Um, and yeah, I, I, I guess like me applying these things, I've started to schedule some of these podcasts further out, but it's like two weeks from now. And then I really can't imagine having a date four years from now where something I've worked on four years ago, just thinking about like how long four years ago was. And that's why I put uh, the graduation hat is four years represents time in college time in high school just what that length of time looks like and when i think back four years uh yeah like four years ago i was at a different job didn't have this podcast um it yeah it, it was it's a lot it, it's such a long time um i mean at, you know at the same time like uh relative to a lifetime four years can go by really quickly and is not that huge of life but yeah looking at, a, at the lens of like looking back at the past four years that's that's a long time uh, a lot has happened so to imagine something coming out for is in the future that I'm working. like it's like if I schedule this episode for four years from now, uh, will it still be relevant? Uh, that kind of thing. that's that's something I've been thinking about as I continue to listen to this book. And this reminded me of something Naval Ravikant talks about on the Tim Ferriss show where he talks about long-term thinking and founders. So he says this, he's the um, founder of AngelList and is a pretty prominent VC. So he says certain entrepreneurs or angel investors. Okay. So he says uh, certain entrepreneurs, you get the feeling that they really care what they're about what they're putting together. Every early move that they make, they consider it as if they are putting bricks in the foundation of a skyscraper that they're going to build. And you can see that right away. A founder who comes barreling in, decides very quickly, treats it like a flip, says, if I get a good offer, I'll sell this thing or I'll do whatever's pragmatic to make money. Those founders are not in it for the long. And you learn very quickly that all the returns in this business are made with, a, with huge, huge outcome, at least for the investor. So yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Naval's interviews lately, going back like through the backlog. Um, And yeah, just in terms of like the long-term thinking, this is kind of uh, pivoting a little little bit or like a lot uh, because this is not about businesses anymore. He talks about his morning workout, which he says is pretty non-negotiable as far as like the concentric circles go you know like you, it's like you your family work and that kind of thing um you, you are at the center of it and health comes first so that's why he makes it non-negotiable non-negotiable he knows that if it's a priority then he can work outward from there but if he doesn't have his health then everything will fall apart so it also reminds me of course like he was on tim Ferriss's show and tim ferris talks about this too just what it means for him to prioritize health and what it really means to prioritize like a lot of people probably say they prioritize health but for him he realized like if if he's going to really prioritize it saying yes to physical health mental health means saying no to other things so fewer late nights less drinking uh and all of this adds up to like what it takes to maintain your health and uh naval points out that like for all the things uh, like he has a lot of money tim Ferriss, says, and what they say is like for all the things in the world you can buy you can't buy a healthy body uh th- there are things where like money certainly helps and of course like health insurance preventative things like that but If you want, you know, uh, to build muscle, lose fat, there's some, and I guess there's like liposuction. But anyway, if you want to build muscle though, you're going to need to put the work in. Um, And that's consistent workouts, eating healthy. And that happens over time. It's that thing of like, you can't do eight hours of work, workouts to try to make up for two weeks where you didn't work. It doesn't work that way. You have to look at it. Again, like brick by brick, where uh, taking it back to this to uh, Lord of the Rings, it's not like they would just film everything, put them in a black box to eventually release to the public. It, they did; they were going scene by scene, bird by bird. Um, as the book, that, that's a, that's always a good book is Bird by Bird for uh, Anne Lamott's Bird. Book. Thinking about the way to do something large, doing the way to do a large project is of course breaking into small chunks. I've started recording these podcasts in chunks. Uh, Anyway, I think this is the way that I'm going to apply it is uh, in the past, I've leaned a little too far into like, what can I make quickly? I really do appreciate like 80-20, that kind of thing. Um, 20% of the results will get you 80% of your output. I think where I can sometimes mess up is that instead of 80-20, I I look... it ends up being like 40, 10. So I'll put like 10% of the effort in to get 40% of the results and not really try to figure out like uh, where that like 20% line. So at, yeah, as an example, I would try to make videos in like an hour instead of, uh, you know, I didn't want to take like eight hours. So um, yeah, I would try to do it in like an hour and it, they just wouldn't turn out that great. But maybe if I spent two hours, it doesn't have to be like the full eight hours, then like two hours would be so much of an improvement on that. So I'm trying to figure that out and I'm trying to figure that out with this new format anyway so that's the first room uh, and i'll repeat this again that's that's the orc he's eating an enormous lunch and he is trying on a bunch graduation um it's an orc because it's lord of the ring and then the lunch pail is supposed to work so working on a project for four years that's the first room let's move on to the next room in the next room, I look through the blinds, out into the swimming pool, kind of like our backyard. And next to the swimming pool, there's some characters from Virtue Fighter. It's Leon with a vest and Shun the old drunk man. I don't know if he's actually drunk, but that's his style. Um, and anyway, they're fighting, let's say, uh, Leon wins and then Shun D's there. But anyway, Akira comes. He does this move where... It's a combo, and then he slams his back into the person at the very end. Does a lot of damage. Very flashy, and I would do it to Wally. Uh, actually, I only did it probably like once in an actual match, but that was one of the best video game moments of my life. Then there's a ring out, uh, and that's great. Akira wins, but then Gollum climbs out from a bush and jumps on Akira's back, and they fall in the water. What this is supposed to represent is this uh, story from the book, or not a story, but like a chapter. And uh, There's a great section about Uh, the creation of Gollum, uh, all of the acting that Andy, the great acting Andy Serkis did, uh, the really physical nature of his acting uh, that he was able to take forward in his career and doing like King Kong and then uh, other Planet of the Apes movies. But um, the reason I mentioned Virtue Fighter is that uh, the book uh, book actually like calls out Virtue Fighter as uh, w- when they talk about the motion capture technology that they used for Gollum and Vir- I didn't know this, but Virtue Fighter was the first game that used motion capture or 3D motion capture. Um, and the tool that I have here is to. Um, be aware of things in one area and then see if they can apply to your work. And I think it's the thing, uh, not so much of a stretch these days to, or probably even back then to like think of the crossovers between video games and movies and that kind of thing. But you can certainly like apply this to life. And this is why I have been trying to read more broadly and uh, other topics. I do always end up like kind of steering back to self development or business books, but I have been, I think, doing a better job uh, of deliberately reading outside of this. And this book is an example of, um, yeah, filmmaking and uh, so somewhat like a biography and uh, production notes, just the creative process. And um, yeah, I think this is one of the better books that I've read as far as like my goal of not reading just within the, um, yeah, like business self development genre. Um, so, this is a quote I got. Uh, I don't think this is from the book, but this is just about um, from Peter Jackson talking about technology. He said, so the technology is always driven by the needs of the story you're telling. He continued, if several years ago, instead of doing The Lord of the Rings, I was doing a drama in a fish and chip shop, then we wouldn't have developed performance capture. So you start with a project or the story and you think, how the hell are we going to do it? That's what pushes the technology along. So this is... Another thing of, like, if you, you know, you, you don't want to, like, just force uh, two things together. Uh, there um, Maybe you could do that enough times and then find sticks. But to be thoughtful about that process of, like, what you're learning and then um, thinking about just, like, levels of abstraction between those things of, like, um, you don't want to directly apply, like, one tactic to another field. It's, like, um, probably the strategies as you go up in abstraction will be able to be applied uh, across across fields um uh, as an example of this like uh, back to like fighters grew up on street fighter um uh, so there would be like this connection of like uh you know down forward punch is going to do a Hidoken, your fireball and for many 2d fighting game, and even to this day probably any 2d fighter some character will probably have that button input to do a projectile and that's great because those are so similar but then doing that button input likely won't work in Um, say like taking virtue fighter like that button input doesn't really do that much Um, but something from 2d fighters is spacing so uh, considering like the space between your characters and managing that with you know depending on the different characters some people need a lot of space and some people can want to stay up close and that's something that does apply uh, more closely to 3d fighters and then um, that is like an abstract principle uh, that could be applied to something like Dark Souls, which is, you know, a 3D, um, I guess, like action RPG. I don't know if that's necessarily what the... Anyway, yeah, something like Dark Souls where spacing matters. It's not like a fighting game, but uh, you do fight enemies. And but then, uh, yeah, how much that would actually apply in like real life depends, right? Uh, there definitely is like spacing aspects uh is what i can gather from watching like mma not that i'm out there fighting or anything but yeah just like um in anything in a lot of like competitive sports where it's like a you're in one-on-one situations uh recognizing the importance of spacing spacing is such a big thing in something like basketball too so um i guess and then you could see like as it gets further maybe that's a little too much of a stretch at that point um like you can't just play street fighter and then expect to understand basketball's fate so you can go too far with some of these stretches but um maybe something like mental like uh after losing in a fighting game then um you know, practicing, not going on tilt, that kind of thing. Maybe that can help you in a lot of other cases. So, yeah, just looking at these, um, I do have, like, that video series of... And I think I might, like, maybe do some of these podcast episodes with Gaming Life Lessons. So this reminded me of uh, Toby Lutke. He is the founder of Shopify. He talks about... He's a big fan of StarCraft and often credits it to... Uh, A lot of like his thinking when it comes to business and just learning about like managing or like thinking about economy and then thinking about your business financials and also employees and teams and how those things work together and um, yeah like something that I learned from StarCraft I wonder like how much of an influence it had on me but uh, just thinking about build orders and that um, understanding that there's people online that have I would check out like StarCraft forums whatever it was and read about build orders and I would understand that there are people that were testing these things um, to figure out, like, the fastest, safest way to get to whatever, like, a a four zealot rush. Or um, also you find out things like once you're able to... This is... um, decades or not decades, maybe like a full decade before Twitch became popular. So um, yeah, just reading these things. And then now, of course, you can just watch how people do uh, these things in video games. But um, yeah, just just even applying that and um, building up this understanding that there's a lot of shared knowledge online that can help to um, yeah, just w- which applies, which was just this good thing that applied when I wanted to learn web development, go deeper into web development is that that just learning about shared knowledge online and how, um, not accurate, but like th- that the best practices are often found. You're, you're going to get the best practices from a group of people. You'll get bet- better best practices, whatever it is, but um, then just sitting in your room trying to do it on your own uh through trial and error um so that's another thing in the same way uh peter jackson definitely like relied on his different teams in making movies and then um yeah i have, I have some other notes here about just applying like one thing to another um getting back to like games pulled from movies just as much and maybe even more with like Final Fantasy and they had the fmvs the full motion video and also like Metal Gear comes to mind where uh, video games took like cinematic aspects like cinematic storytelling and um, I remember like my uncle my dad's brother laughing watching me play uh, I think it was art of fighting on the Super Nintendo and the ending had uh, the dialogue at the bottom and it's it's kind of like a kung fu movie and uh, I think my uncle basically like if he was a kid these days he'd say it's like so extra but um, yeah just like applying things from one field to another uh, last example is analytics and sports so, what happens when people that love numbers start putting th- sports through the same lenses used in finance and tech. It changes sports. It changes, it changes different games. There's like Moneyball, of course, and then uh, with basketball. This reminded me of, I think it's JJ Redick on his podcast. He talked about being on uh, the Magic team that made the finals. He said, uh, I think it was like early in the season or maybe like preseason, Um uh, Stan Van Gundy, you know, with his clipboard or whatever it is, uh, just told the team, Hey, look, like, uh, this is the, this is how the numbers work. These analytics, whatever it is. Um, uh, threes count for this much, like expected value layups also have a high expected value. That's all we're going to do. And it got them to the finals. So yeah, definitely, um, contrary to the old Hall of Fame curmudgeons, like analytics are here to stay in sports so um yeah it's it's another example of applying one thing to another and then uh, i'll just keep going there's also this is a truly the last one is david chang uh if you listen to his podcast he always has sports analogies ready uh, when he's discussing his career or like his past career as a chef his current career of course As a chef and more of, like, um, a manager of a bunch of, like, a restaurant empire, he has, yeah, plenty of sports analogies for that and is able to take some of that, um, not not that he's experienced, like, he has some experience, or he was definitely, like, a very good golfer, um, but that's not usually what he talks about. He talks about, like, watching professional sports and, like, looking at how sports teams um, approach teamwork and how owners approach owners and team managers approach things how to construct a team and tries to apply that to his kitchen staff and what and tries to apply those leadership principles and so far has had a very successful restaurant business so um, yeah that that's the room of uh this is why i just talked about gollum throwing akira in the water is this idea of technology being applied from one field to another, and just that general idea of applying knowledge from one field that you're interested in to another field. And that's why you should read more broadly. Let's go to the last room. In this last room, you walk in and... whoa... This room is pretty huge. It's that room from the Matrix. It's entirely white. Then a bunch of shelves come flying in, just like the movie, just like the Matrix. Basically, just picture that scene. That's what this room is like. Peter Jackson walks up to you. He's wearing a leather jacket, a leather jacket, uh, as if he's in the Matrix. I don't know why he needs to be wearing the leather jacket. He is talking to you, but then he starts just going through he wants to show you something so he starts going through all the drawers all the shelves and finally he finds it and he pulls out an enormous enormous megaphone and what the different things in this room represented is this story not a story but uh, the book talks about how peter jackson appeared early on on ain't it cool news and did pretty much a ask me anything He answered 20 questions, came back for part two, and did 20 more questions. And this was part of uh, the... I don't know that it was, yeah, promotion for the movie, but this was really early on. So um, I wouldn't say that this is part of like the release marketing campaign. This was more just Peter Jackson talking to fans, uh, answering fan questions, because there was and still is uh, an enormous fan base for Lord of the Rings not just the movie for the books and it was just an early example of what you see today so this was almost 20 years ago and yeah it's this early example of what you see today where fans can directly interact with celebrities right now you can comment on celebrities photos you can um, at mention them on Twitter that kind of thing some of them oh, probably a lot of them read those things and then Some of them will even respond directly and there's some good and bad of course to these interactions and a lot of the stuff lately has been how some of the bad stuff has been highlighted. But in any case, ask me anything. AMAs on Reddit were one of the first things that really made me, made Reddit stand out to me. Um, as just like this interesting place with information that's not available on the rest of the internet uh which i think i'll just mention that i think podcasts are similar in that uh because all podcasts aren't transcribed and posted somewhere and even if they were like an hour-long conversation ends up being uh let's just say a page a minute so like 40 to 60 pages if you ever look at um like tim Ferriss has transcripts for all his for his entire podcast archive and there's so much text that just gets generated so um yeah so it's just this information from people that is not available elsewhere on the internet. So that's, yeah, that, um, yeah, back to the Reddit AMAs. Uh, it was, it, yeah, it was cool to look through those and, um, get some direct interaction with celebrities and people that have typically been out of reach. Uh, I wanted to share, I'll share one from Peter Jackson from the Ain't It Cool News, uh, Ask Me Anything. Uh, someone asks, they, they broke this, one question into a bunch and uh part of this question was someone was asking whether legolas who is never really described will have blonde hair and pointy ears like all those dungeons and dragons freaks out there picture him sorry that was like a run-on but it's because they uh, broke the sent broke the question up into different parts and peter jackson's response is don't know yet it will start with casting an actor and working from there on his final look the book anything you can imagine talks about this of course like legolas i mean all the characters are popular from the movie but uh legolas orlando bloom super popular with uh, just uh I, I, when i was in high school all the girls in high school loved Legolas. And they describe uh, that young fan base in the, in the movie, or the book describes that fan base, um, just how crazy they would go uh, whenever he Orlando Bloom would appear during premieres or whatever it is. And yeah, that's one example of these answers that Peter Jackson had in the AMA and it's really interesting just like that, how early on a lot of this stuff was and he would just be pretty frank about certain things and not really worry about spoiling the movie in some cases because um, someone asks about how Lord of the Rings will end or like how Fellowship of the Ring will end and he talks about Boromir in the forest getting shot with arrows and how he's going to portray that and... Uh, didn't say like spoiler alert or anything like that of course he's just like talking to an audience that knows exactly what happened in the story then uh, I have this other quote from um, so this was probably like so this is from a AMA on reddit four years ago with Peter Dinklage I just pulled I was just like looking through uh, best AMA's and this one reminded me again of just like the, the kinds of questions that um, people can have answered by celebrity and someone asked how much does it suck being so well-known and living in New York? Do you ever have any privacy? And he says, yeah, I mean, it's a little tricky. I'm sort of a private person and people are very well-meaning. But the one thing that sort of gets to you are the cameras, cell phones. People try to be sneaky and try to get your picture without coming up to you or asking. And that's what kind of gets to me. I mentioned this because I do think I saw him once. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. I was walking probably to the gym or to work from the gym and... I saw someone go by on a Razor scooter. Then I looked. Um, or I don't know that it was a Razor scooter, but it was a scooter. And then, uh, as I was like thinking about like why does that person look familiar, I looked, and then I saw some other people were also looking back. Uh, it was like it was pretty early in the day. There there weren't a ton of people around. But then it made me realize like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was him, uh, and just Googled it and, as you know, uh, tried to find those pictures of uh, celebrities in the city. And I saw that, yeah, he does go around on a scooter and um, had kind of a similar outfit to what the person I saw go by had on. So, pretty sure it was him. Anyway, uh, I didn't take a picture of him. I try not to do that mostly because I'm uh, terrified of ever getting a You don't want. So, I, also to respect privacy, but. Um, I think I did try to take one of, I think it was, um, Phil Jackson. So another P Jackson, but not Peter Jackson. Uh, this was Phil Jackson. Um, and I'm always, I always end up taking like terrible pictures. So, um, that was something to share that maybe no one cares about. Um, but yeah, that's what this room is supposed to represent. Uh, this entirely white room. It, It just is, um, the reason I picked the matrix room is that, uh, the staff or, Um, just the people involved with the Lord of the Rings had, Um, they used the internet as this great, they recognized like the power of the internet and how it could be used to promote the movies. And they did a good job of that, of releasing content that people were interested in to keep, uh, that interest going throughout the years and keep the buzz going. And, uh, definitely only like built up throughout the years, uh, to the return of the King. It didn't really die down. And I've been listening to Naval Ravikant and... Uh, I saw he had an or an interview of him with Scott Adams, and they talk about how Scott Adams has been able to build up uh, this mastery of personal broadcasting through Periscope. Uh, and he just recognized, like, this is different from podcast interviews in that it's live. This is different from a lot, of, a lot of other platforms or like this is different from videos because, again, it's it's live. And then also that he does pretty much all of them alone, even though this one that I was listening to is an interview. But he does his Periscope episodes alone, interacts with people live. And it, it's similar, or you see a lot of this, of course, with like Twitch streaming and that kind of live interaction. So uh, this kind of goes to uh, the previous rooms of applying something you know to something else. And Scott Adams is one of the people that um, I think of when I think of that concept of applying one thing to another and he talks about uh, building up skills that can act as multipliers and then you work in that intersections and he says like um with the su- success of Dilbert it's he wasn't the funniest person or the best businessman or the best artist but he could do all three of those things fairly well he had um the knowledge of working in a corporate setting he had some he he, he does have a, a good sense of humor and he was able to draw and just being in that combination he was able to uh create Dilbert and continue to create Dilbert so yeah so uh that's the last room I think let me see if I I got all the elements yeah um oh and the, the enormous enormous megaphone that Peter Jackson pulls out of the shelves in this room is to represent of course um talking to everyone in the world being like using the internet Uh, to connect with every single person uh, that has an internet connection and just remembering like the power of that so that's the third room this got pretty long i'm gonna wrap it up uh just review the three tools for here i won't go through all the rooms uh just some of the tools uh for the first one graduation hat second i'll just put golem as kind of like the thing there and then uh number three the enormous mic megaphone so graduation hat idea there take the long term uh four years to make lord of the rings uh, or like four years from filming the first scenes of lord of the rings to when uh, the final movie was released it's a long time but you're not exactly working on lord of the rings uh still you're working on the rest of your life and uh you know knock on wood all all things um it'll be longer than four years and uh yeah just just think about short term and long term and i'm doing the topical top three tools so uh, for this tool, the graduation hat, four years thinking long term, there was recently Justin Bieber posting on Instagram about uh, focusing on his mental health. He wrote a long post about it and then also put this rap that's buried in it. Um, he says, my swag is undeniable and my drive is indescribable. His love is supernatural. His grace is that reliable. He addresses the objection of uh, this being like a, a long run on sentence in this post. He says... Uh, grammar and punctuation will be terrible pretend it's a text where you just don't care and yeah just wishing beaver the best and he really is just this hit maker i do enjoy his music uh and i really do like this pattern of celebrities uh talking about mental health and bringing it to light um yeah just talking about it in, a, in a healthy manner manner um and on that note, yeah, check out also David Chang has a podcast episode. This is from a few months back, but uh, where he talks about mental health. So in like the struggle that he goes through, of course, like the article by Kevin Love, uh, Damar DeRozan, all of these are good uh, to think about in the long term. A lot of people only focus on physical health and um, mental health just as important, if not more. Uh, the second uh, thing was Gollum applying and, you know, pushing him in the pool and how virtue fighter had the technology that was used to create golem and how there was a path to that so applying one thing to another like one discipline some concept from one discipline to another this reminds me of uh currently i think the tournament might be over by then but when i'm recording this the ncaa it's march madness um currently elite eight and when i wrote this it was the sweet 16 in any case uh these are yeah so everyone has fun like filling out the bracket and all that like office pools and that kind of thing and it, it this is I, I just wrote like this is a reminder of applying one thing to another is that there are all those articles of um taking the concept of a bracket uh from sports and competitive tournaments and then applying it to any concept and that's how those articles come up with um you know, a tournament of best snack foods, best sodas, uh, best characters from this, best characters from that. And it's, yeah, it's an example of uh, taking one thing and applying it to another. And maybe a future episode, I can do something like nonfiction book tropes. Um, And I wrote these down as the top seeds. So uh, four top seeds would be the ceramics teacher and the story of creating a bunch of bowls versus making one bowl for the quarter. Uh, the second one would be the professor with the jar and filling it with rocks, pebbles, and sand, and then telling you to prioritize better. There's also the marshmallow study. And then the overall top seed would be the 10,000 hour rule. And deliver. So uh, last tool is the enormous megaphone and back to the topical thing. There was a new study showing that eggs are bad for your heart health and I'm sure there's rebuttals to it as well. And the idea here is just like the power of the internet and that all this news is available to to us And like uh, the megaphone that Peter Jackson had 20 years ago. Now there's a ton of people using that megaphone. And uh, yeah, just hearing this news reminded me of how much I learned from Rob Wolf's Podcast, uh, the Paleo Solution, and also James Abel and Fat Burning Man. Though, just think of how great it is to be able to reach into that knowledge. Um, so if you want to learn something new, go immerse yourself in a podcast in that field, even if you don't understand it at first. Just listening to experts talk to each other about that topic uh, can be really great. Uh, just to just to hear what, like how they think. Well, what are the words that you do? like? If you don't understand something, then that's great. Like now you know what you need to. Anyway. That's that for anything you can imagine. This episode went pretty long. I'm gonna, uh, I guess this is the extended edition. I'm not gonna have like a shorter cut of this. Thanks for listening. I don't know what the next episode will be. I have been working on this memory palace thing and I'm trying to figure out a better template for it. And in any case, thanks for listening while I thrash around figuring this out. Have a good week.